of you that listen to this podcast uh, i don't know how many people listen to this but i know it's only a handful because it's new and you know i'm not exactly famous or anything like that but that's okay what we're do- here to do is to celebrate a love of sports and sports movies and movies in general things that we love it's love and game film i'm your host jc de Leon. you can find me on x formerly known as twitter at jc Deleon one you can also find me on instagram and tiktok at that same handle you can follow the show although i don't post as much from the show as i should on those same platforms at love game film let's get right into it there's not going to be three movies discussed in this podcast like there usually is there's going to be one non-sports movie and one hell of a sports documentary that's going to make you feel some things if you watch it but first and i thought about skipping the sports segment because i'm going to spend a lot of time on this documentary that i watched that you'll learn more here about in a second but yeah in the sports world there is a crazy crazy story coming out of spain you would think that the winning of the women's world cup would be a momentous occasion full of joy and cheer and one that's great for your country and brings nothing but positive vibes. Well, that is not the case for the country of Spain, who, congratulations to them, won the World Cup. But ever since then, it's almost as if when someone wins the lottery and they end up being broke within a few years, this World Cup championship seems to be more of a burden and maybe kind of a curse. And this thing had been building. So Spain must have a hell of a soccer program because before they even won the World Cup, they were littered with controversy. Uh, Somewhere between 15 and 22 players sent letters to the Spanish Federation declaring that they didn't want to be called up to the national team to play in the World Cup because they didn't like the coach and how the coach treated them. The coach's name is Jorge Vilda, and somehow, as this story has progressed, he ends up not being the most despicable person in this story. So, as Spain is celebrating having won the World Cup, very few of the players are celebrating with Jorge Vilda, which is already kind of an awkward scene in and of itself. Well, the president of the Spanish Federation of Soccer, Luis Rubiales... At one point, he grabs one of the soccer players by the face and gives her a celebratory kiss. Now, in an instant, the amount of time it took, it may have seemed like just kind of an innocent kind of... Not that you should ever grab a woman's face and, you know, give her a quick little kiss on the mouth. But in times of celebration like that, you can kind of lose your head a little bit, but... You know, you've got to have some tact. And if you're a person who's of authority the way Luis Rubiales is, now, again, I'm in no way defending what he did. It sounds like I was for a second there. I was not. Right away, that kiss put a damper on the celebration. And the player in question, Jenny Hermosa, she claims that the kiss was not consensual. And here's where, believe it or not, the story begins to get worse. 
Luis Rubiales claims that the kiss was consensual, that there was no issue with it. It wasn't sexual assault of any means when it actually was. The Spanish Federation was going to come out and punish Jenny Hermosa for not admitting that the that the kiss was consensual. Like, is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard in your fucking life? And since then, Luis Rubiales has been dismissed by the Spanish Federation, and there are people who are claiming that that was too harsh. It's This is a developing story, and every day seems to get worse and worse, and unfortunately, the players taking the brunt of it is Jenny Hermosa and the rest of the players. The players have all since resigned from the world team until he officially gets kicked off of the Spanish Federation of Soccer. And I'm probably saying the name of that uh, authority in Spain wrong. Um, this is a story that for Americans kind of largely feels kind of like a, I hate this term, but a nothing burger. And it's, it's definitely anything but. Uh, women, when they're victimized, need to be believed and need to be treated as victims and not as perpetrators of any kind of crime. Jenny Hermosa did nothing wrong. She should not be penalized or punished in any way. The fact that she is or she might be is just astounding. This is this is a story that is it it taints the entire prospect of having won the World Cup. And when you consider that the US women's team was going through something similar and that they didn't like their coach, it's nothing to this extent of, you know, inappropriate touching or potential sexual assault or anything like that, not that we know of, but that women athletes have to go through this sort of thing is just insane. And it's really unfortunate. And I'm hoping that things like this, as women's sports becomes more popular and it is, it is becoming more popular, whether you, or for them or against them, women's athletes and women's sports in general are becoming more and more popular. And it, it'll be to a place where there's more of an equilibrium between, or more of a sense of equality between men's and women's sports than there is now. And may not be in our lifetimes, but it's something that I do hope to see in the future. And as this story develops, I'll update it more and more because it's it's fully on developing, including a crazy twist and turn in which the mother of Luis Rubiales has gone on a hunger strike in her church until he's reinstated. Now, I get that she's his mom and she supports her baby or whatever, but he's not the one to uh, to back in this fight. But I digress. Uh, we're going to talk about a crazy crazy documentary and one that's kind of been festering for the last couple of years and one that I think people have been anxious and anxious to see the behind story of for years it's been a good three years since people have wanted to know the details of this story and thankfully HBO did not drop the ball thank you for the cadence break there Aaron Rodgers what defines someone as a sociopath. Antisocial personality disorder, sometimes called sociopathy, is a mental health condition in which a person consistently shows no regard for right and wrong and ignores the rights and feelings of others. There can be no other way to describe Roy Johnson Jr. 
the disgraced former coach of Bishop Sycamore High, the scam school that conned its way onto ESPN airwaves in a football game versus IMG Academy that lit the internet ablaze as the game was happening live. But that game was just the tip of the iceberg. It was the spark that unraveled one of the most evil, cruel, and inhumane injustices ever perpetrated against student-athletes. This is the story told in the HBO documentary, BS High. And folks, buckle the hell up, because this is one of the wildest rides you will ever go on in a sports documentary. The Bishop Sycamore scandal revolves around a high school football team called Bishop Sycamore, based in Columbus, Ohio. The scandal came to light in August of 2021 when the team played a nationally televised game against another prominent high school football team, IMG Academy. IMG Academy is known for its strong athletic program, and all kinds of professional athletes have come out of IMG Academy. During the game, it became apparent that Bishop Sycamore was overmatched physically and mentally, in every way was outclassed by IMG Academy, Bishop Sycamore suffered a lopsided loss in the program, and the game raised questions about the legitimacy of Bishop Sycamore as a school and as a football program. There are a few moments in my life in which I remember where I was when I was watching a thing happen. I don't even vaguely remember where I was during 9-11, but I can tell you exactly where I was when I watched this game. I was sitting in the Torchy's Tacos in Austin, Texas, and I was sitting there... And I happened to look up, and I happened to see that there was a fo- high school football game starting of Bishop Sycamore versus IMG Academy. And I thought, oh, wow, I've heard so much about IMG Academy. If you're somebody who's as into sports as I am, you know about IMG Academy and what kind of program it is and the kind of athletes that come out of there. And so I was really excited. I was like, oh, I've never seen IMG Academy play. It's pretty cool that they get to play games on ESPN. Like, that's freaking awesome. Very quickly, you start to notice that you you expect IMG Academy to win this game, but the way in which they were so overmatched over this team, this team was playing, it looked like they were playing against a junior high team or a junior varsity high school team. Like, Bishop Sycamore had no business being on the field and people are beginning to notice that players are coming off the field and they're switching helmets. As a, as a defender comes off the field, he'll throw his helmet to another offensive player coming onto the field. Helmets are made to fit specific heads. You cannot be switching helmets. And I, che- I happened to check Twitter, and this thing is going viral right now. As this game is happening live, And on Twitter, people are saying, what in the hell is this? How can ESPN possibly air this farce of a game? I've never seen anything in my life go live or go viral live right as it was happening. It was the most surreal experience watching this game. And then, admittedly, I went on about my day. I didn't really think about it until the following Monday. And I listen to a lot of sports talk radio and people all over ESPN, all over Fox, all over different sports podcasts that I listen to. They're all 
talking about this game. And when you've got enough eyes on you, people are going to start digging. And come to find out, this was not a real school. People went and did, did a little bit more research, and they, fig- they found out that there are players on this team who have already graduated high school. Some of them were playing football the year before in junior college. Some of them are 20 and 21 years old. And IMG Academy is, is whooping these kids, as they rightfully should, because these kids weren't legitimately good football players. But, like, what was going on? And then come to find out the coach of the Bishop Sycamore High School, his name is Roy Johnson Jr., He's, this is the brainchild of him, and it's, it's all it's all been a scam. Now, here we are three years later with this documentary that HBO has released, and Michael Strahan and his production company bought the rights to the story, and a lot of people thought there would be a movie made about this. And there may still may be a dramatized movie made about this, but it's never going to touch the the truth in this. Now, last week, I talked about a joke of a documentary called Swamp Kings that didn't didn't even bother to attempt to scratch the surface on what were the most interesting things about the University of Florida during Urban Meyer's reign. And Urban Meyer himself was the interview subject in a lot of that documentary. Now this documentary started and right away Coach Roy Johnson is being interviewed and there's Something interesting about the way this documentary is being presented that I've never seen any other documentary do. Now, occasionally, you'll see B-roll in in documentaries where where you know a production system is, assistant is putting a mic on somebody or some kind of joke is happening. There's some kind of laughing. This doc, this documentary is filming everything from Roy Johnson Jr. getting to the building to talking to the director and the assistant director, to sitting down in the chair, and he's sitting down in the chair, and he's asking, how do I position myself? Because I learned a lot about body language, and I don't want to look like a con man. And he would later on admit that he was, in fact, a con man. But I see this in the first five to ten minutes of this documentary, and I'm thinking this is going to be another BS documentary because this is going to be told completely from this coach's perspective and this guy's not going to make himself look bad well lo and behold this guy is such a narcissistic psychopath that in order to bury him all you've got to do is hand him a shovel and he'll bury himself now admittedly he does give kind of a charismatic first impression he's a handsome guy he's got a nice smile he's got a football background he's he's wanted to tell his his life story forever this dude loves being on camera now this is where the lies start the lies start as soon as he opens his mouth he claims that he doesn't know the co-founder of the school the guy the first guy who was the one the first one to figure out that this guy is completely full of shit and he should have nothing to do with him his original idea was to kind of mimic what IMG Academy has done. They wanted to build what, from blueprints and, and concept drawings, he basically wanted to build the Avengers headquarters and make it look like a high school, have it be the best of the best sports facility. And they didn't have the money to do that. 
at one point, Roy Johnson will say, and this is even in the trailer, his business philosophy is do what the people who have the money do, even if you don't have the money. This is when the first of his scams start. He basically funds the money with donations from a church, a church who eventually um, has nothing to do with what, what was originally called the Christians of Faith Academy. Once the Christians of Faith Academy had backed off, Roy persisted. He found kids who were at-risk youth. He eventually went on to find kids who were in junior college who had already graduated high school but were less than 20 years old because what defines a high school athlete in the state of Ohio is somebody who's between, you know, is somebody who's younger than 20 years old. So he went out and find 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. And he would use the Suge Knight recruiting pitch from back in the day where he would tell people at the BET Awards, if you don't want the producer all up in your videos, he would say, if you don't want the coach all up on your Twitter, he would he used Suge Knight's recruiting approach, which should have been the first red flag to any parent of a kid. Because any parent of a kid who's old enough to play high school football is going to be about my age. And if they like hip-hop, they're going to remember Suge Knight. And Suge Knight is not somebody who should be emulated or be any kind of a role model whatsoever. Players... Players were pretty quick to figure out that Roy was full of shit. He didn't provide any structure. Players didn't have to go to class. Players didn't take any tests. Anything like that. He violated all kinds of Ohio law by not having proper paperwork. He would he would find hotels that would let the team stay in on 30, 60, 90 day business credits. He basically understood and figured out that Operating as a business, if he told the hotel, we're here as a business, they would offer him credit and they wouldn't, they wouldn't charge him a bill for up to 90 days. To him, that registered as, I can live here for 90 days for free before you kick me out. And that's what he would do. They had no money to feed the athletes. At some point, the athletes stole from Walmart. Um... He eventually found a new partner who was just as full of shit as he was, and a guy to a guy who to this day defends Bishop Sycamore and says that it's still going to exist. Um, I talked about how some of the players were already high school players. There was a guy named Mikos Todd, who was a very good linebacker, was already playing in JUCO, and decided to go to Bishop Sycamore. He claimed that Roy Johnson Jr. claimed that Bishop Sycamore was a hybrid high school and a prep school, which is not a real thing. If you're a prep school, you're a prep school, and your objective is to prepare kids for college and professional and professional sports. But at some point, they're still going to get an education. And if you're a high school, you're going to be a real high school. You're going to prepare these kids for college and life. But they did things like claim they were a postgraduate football academy that also, you know, that also operated a high school, like I just said. It was revealed that Bishop Sycamore misled multiple entities, including sports event organizers and media outlets, about the skill level of the players. The team had managed to schedule games against some of the top high school fo- football programs in the country, and they were just flying around on, on, on commercial flights all over the country in Texas and Ohio and Florida. The game versus IMG Academy shined 
such a bright light on this program that as people dug into this school, into this man, Roy Johnson, they've figured out that they would play as many as two football games in three nights. And in the documentary, when confronted about this, Roy Johnson would simply just say, is it against the law to play two games in three nights? If they don't want football kids, if they don't want football teams to be playing two games in three nights, they should make a law about it. The guy who did the investigating into Roy Johnson Jr., he eventually admits that there were a lot of laws that Roy didn't break because he did a lot of things that nobody ever thought to make laws for. When asked about why football players were switching helmets and whether or not he thought that was dangerous, he simply would say football is dangerous, which it is, which is why teams can't play two games in three nights. It's ridiculous that anybody would ever trust anything this man said. This is such an infuriating documentary, but it's also a really good documentary because this is what good sports documentaries should do. They should inform you of all the details and tell you everything that's going on, and you should feel real and genuine feelings. You shouldn't have any information withheld from you, which is what the Swamp Kings documentary did. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Focus on this one. Roy, uh, he lashes out at the OHSAA, which is the governing body of high school football in Ohio. And he says, we were never under football in Ohio because we didn't play. We didn't only play schools in Ohio, so they weren't under that jurisdiction. Everything that he was presented with that talked about the dangers that he was putting these kids in physically, not not just not just mentally to what he's doing to them as vulnerable, still growing into humans, children, or still growing into adults, children, but the physical harm in which he was putting them in by having them do things like play two football games in three nights, he was just so completely unremorseful. It's the reason why I looked at the definition of what is a sociopath. I think a lot of people think of a sociopath and they think of a sociopath being some kind of like a serial killer or anything like that. And I have no doubt that this guy, if ever if, if ever given the opportunity to get away with murder, would 100% do murder. He, at one point, or not at one point, at many points, players would witness him be abusive to his girlfriend, and he would laugh about how, being, how he was being abusive to his girlfriend, and he would try to t- tell them that that's how you needed to treat women in order to control them. Uh, he one day found a homeless man breaking into his car and he physically beat the shit out of this homeless man with his belt and used that as a lesson to his, to his coach, to his team to, I don't know how not to let people take your, I I don't know what the, I don't, who knows what is going on in this man's head at all times. At one point when the documentary asks the players what they think of Roy Johnson and several of them call him evil because he never cared about them or their welfare. All he wanted was to make this, this idea of his succeed. And at seeing, at seeing these players call him evil, he walks out of his own interview. Couldn't take the heat of being confronted with that information. So he has some kind of a heart at least. If you ask him, he thinks all he's guilty of 
is being overambitious. He had an idea and a dream to recreate what IMG Academy is, and he failed. And that's the only thing he's guilty of. The state of Ohio reprimanded him and everything he did with an 80-page report that ultimately said there's nothing really we can do. That unfortunately, there weren't really any laws that he broke. Despite the fact that he would steal from his, his mother's charity to pay for these flights and sometimes pay for food. He ruined the careers of several athletes because they got hurt and this school didn't have a trainer. One player in particular, his name is Trillian Harris, a talented quarterback, a genuinely talented, skillful quarterback, had received an offer from, from Grambling, Grambling State University, his dream school. And he ultimately couldn't go because Grambling found out that he attended Bishop Sycamore, which is not a real high school. Roy Johnson, the one thing he did, and he didn't do this on purpose, and he shouldn't be given credit for this, but the one thing he did was shine light on the fact that there are people who will take advantage of high school athletes because they see a way for it to benefit them. There's so much money in high school sports. You wouldn't think there is, but there is. IMG Academy was bought by a business entity for over a billion dollars. The high school kids that play for IMG Academy are never going to see a cent of that money. But they'll develop, and they'll learn to play sports, and they'll go on to play college, and some of them will go on to play professional. But the billions of dollars that IMG gained in that sale, that doesn't go to them. It doesn't even really go to the players who come after them. Bobani Jones is featured in this documentary a good amount, and Bobani Jones is one of the smartest sports writers you'll find anywhere, and he talks about how the reason why Roy was able to get away with this for so long is because of the type of people that he did it to. And these types of people these types of athletes have been taken advantage of for far too long. We've, we've talked about the blind side and how Michael Orr learned so many years after the fact that he was taken advantage of by this family that claimed that they loved him. And they might have genuinely loved him, but at the same time, you can't doubt that they didn't benefit from having known him. Benefits that he probably would have gotten on his own. He wasn't as dumb as the movie made him seem, and he might have gotten to a college on his own, and he was a good NFL player. The NFL would have found him. Trust me. Trillian Harris was a talented quarterback. Grambling found him. They would have found him if he went to any other high school. He didn't have to go to Bishop Sycamore. He was sold a bill of lies by Roy Johnson Jr. And if you ask Roy Johnson Jr. to this day, if he feels bad about it, he feels proud. He even says, win, win, lose, or draw, us being, on, us being on ESPN, we won. They didn't win anything. Those players got embarrassed that day. Players, People went on Twitter and told Trillian Harris to kill himself because he ruined his career by going to this school. This, Everything about this brought out the worst in everyone except 
the athletes. And the only one that it hurt was the athletes. Roy Johnson Jr. never went to jail. He's been sued a bunch of times for this, and he may ultimately in the end find himself broke and penniless. But he'll never go to jail, not for this. But he's sociopathic enough to where I've got no doubt he'll lean on this fame and he'll lean on it the wrong way and he'll step on a landmine or two. Karma in the end, particularly with sports, this is a belief of mine, is I think karma goes a long way in sports. I think people that deserve the victories get them and the ones who don't get what they have coming to them. BS High as a documentary is informative. It's extremely well made. It gives you both perspectives. Gives you Roy's perspective. Gives you the perspective of the people investigating him. Gives you the perspective of the people who watched it happen. Gives you the perspective of the players he victimized. The parents of the players he victimized. This is a good. This is a great example of a sports documentary that gives you every side. And I don't believe there's any information left off of the table in this story. I believe from this documentary, we know everything there is to know. It's an MVP of a documentary. It gets a five out of five, but man, is it infuriating. And man, do I feel sorry for these kids. And I hope that for a lot of them, they have a chance at redemption because they deserve it and I wish nothing but the worst for Roy Johnson Jr. BS High it's available on Max streaming now could the ugly untalented gays please report to the principal's office guess that's you guys Tonight is our night. We're getting the cooch. I'm going to talk to Brittany. You can say hi to Isabel. What would I say? Hey, girl. How's your boyfriend? How's his penis? I'm going to expel you both for committing a crime against Jeff. Get out of the car. You can't tell me what to do. Get out of the freaking car. We were just practicing for a self-defense club. So it's like a fight club? Yes. Just stay in your lane until you're munching Beaver at Westland. Yes, sir. What's your plan here? Jeff is psychotic, and they're picking on the weak and defenseless. So we teach a bunch of girls how to defend themselves. They are grateful to us. Adrenaline is flowing. Next thing you know, Isabel and Brittany are kissing us on the mouth. You can be our club advisor. You know, my mom did say I need to pick up a hobby. Welcome to our fucking fight club. Let's get it popping in this motherfucker. I want that trophy. To have a safe space like this, it means a lot to people. I'm gonna finally reverse stalk my stalker. Yeah, I'll be able to kill my stepdad. Awesome. Okay. I seem so supportive of women. Especially the hot ones. Men need therapy. Are you cheating on me? No! I literally saw you yesterday. Show nerd! I fucked your mom! We are literally at the bottom. We have nowhere to go but up. 
Your club is over. They deserve a shot at showing everybody how fucking cool they are. Let's go fuck up some football players. created a fight club to get some coochie. You don't even know how to work that thing. Like, I know y'all ain't tickling the pearl. I just don't know if you're supposed to be talking to us like that, just like as a teacher. That is audio of the trailer, the Red Band trailer of Bottoms. A new comedy that's out in theaters right now stars Rachel Sennett, directed by Emma Seligman, Emma Seligman, Seligman and Rachel Sennett are uh, writing partners who worked on a movie and short film last year called Shiva Baby. Really talented duo. They make incredibly funny movies. Also starring in this movie is Ayo Adebri. I don't know if I'm saying that last name incorrectly, but she is someone who is having quite the summer. She plays Sydney on The Bear, and that was my first exposure to her. So my first exposure to her is just as a talented actress with some comedic ability who can really handle a lot thrown at her because The Bear is quite a lot of a TV show. Uh, And then come to discover that she's actually a really talented comedic actor. She has worked with Rachel Sennett on a couple of Comedy Central shows. She voiced uh, April O'Neil in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie this summer. She's in a movie called Theater Camp, which is directed by Molly Gordon, who was also in The Bear. Uh, She's just a really, really talented actress who's, like I said, is having an amazing summer. Uh, Rachel Sennett is also incredibly talented, very funny, very beautiful actress. Uh, Bottoms is an American high school comedy. You can, I guess you can also say teen sex comedy. Uh, Rachel and A.O. Debris play PJ and Josie, uh, two lesbians in this high school who are not very popular and are kind of looked down upon by the popular kids, not because they're gay, but just because they're, you know, they don't play sports or do anything popular like that. Like most high school films, they have their eyes on, you know, a certain, in this case, female that they want to attract and they may or may not be interested. Some are either too popular or one is, currently has a boyfriend. So for her to go for the gay Josie would probably be kind of an issue. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, the NFL's former NFL running back, Marshawn Lynch, is in this movie. And I got to say, when athletes either make cameos in movies or they try to act like seriously in movies. Uh, most of them cannot do it, but Marshawn Lynch is, he's, he's kind of a performative sense of humor by nature. If you listen to his, uh, interviews or if you've ever seen him on like talk shows or things like that, the fact that he was in this movie and very funny in it, not a surprise. And I mean, aside from being very funny, which he naturally is just like really good acted him playing a teacher in this uh, very kind of surrealistic world uh, everything about this movie is it's not based in any kind of reality like the high school football players are always constantly wearing their football uniform uh, day after day so they never change so like this isn't taking place in any kind of like sense of reality but I think you know in a, in a lot of ways the way high school kids are nowadays, uh, this seems to fit right within their their sensibilities. 
and uh, you know this follows right along the line of like this is a new this is Mean Girls for a new generation which Mean Girls at this point is uh, almost 20 years old and so it's ready for a new generational spin like there needs to be a new generational and definitive high school movie and Bottoms really could be it I think I think this speaks to a lot of people who have been alienated before um the two kid, the two girls, PJ and Josie, find themselves having accidentally created a fight club in their high school, and from there, hijinks ensue. And as you have, as you listened in the trailer, um, it's a really funny movie. Uh, Rachel Sennett is incredibly talented. I'm I'm going to forever consume anything that she does. I've I've watched a few of her, her interviews on like Seth Meyers. And talk shows like that. She's just an incredibly, incredibly funny girl. Her her chemistry with Josie, played by Ao Adebri, amazing. As just as everything Ao has been in, she's incredible in this. the The nature in which this isn't really set in any kind of really reality, whereas like like Mean Girls to a certain extent, the same way. Like a kid, like a girl gets hit by a bus and survives. That doesn't really happen in real life, um, but Mean Girls is a little bit more realistic than than Bottoms. Like this, obviously, there's a kid in a cage in the entire movie for some reason. Uh, the only teacher at the school seems to be Marshawn Lynch. There seems to be just the teacher, the one teacher, and the principal, uh, and the principal who's very uh, aggressive, who <laughs> grow very aggressive towards these two lesbians. I think another thing to pay attention to is uh, who produced this movie, and this is actually produced by. Elizabeth Banks and Elizabeth Banks has shown a very talented eye for producing projects. She she produced the the very uh, funny Pitch Perfect trilogy. She was a producer on Cocaine Bear. Anything that Elizabeth Banks produces is going to be incredibly funny. Now this as far as like in the pantheon of high school movies, this fits right in with like Mean Girls, Heather's uh, Grease to a certain extent because there are some dance sequences, a little bit of Bring It On, some Jawbreakers in there. Jawbreaker I think is an underrated high school classic. I don't see it on a lot of lists, and I think it, it like a lot of Gen X people, I think Jawbreaker kind of fits in right in between like Heather's and Mean Girls, and just doesn't really have a place to exist. And Jawbreaker is fantastic, um, but Bottoms is also fantastic. I love this movie. I thought it was really funny. The music is really great. I think I think a movie set in a high school with me, I think if you're going to make it resonate, I think you have to make the music really good. And it seems to be music that will resonate with a lot of teenagers, but I found the music to be really entertaining as well. And I think Marshawn Lynch fans are going to be <laughs> going to be really, really satisfied when they see him on screen and how funny he is in this. Uh, he delivers a couple of... Um, a couple of lines from this trailer that I'm going to use on a soundboard for this show quite a bit. I can already tell that Men Need Therapy is going to be played a lot, and so is uh, Let's Get It Poppin' in this motherfucker. Um, yeah, Bottoms gets a 4 out of 5 for me. It's a it's an all-star pick. It's not quite an MVP, not not in the high school subgenre. Uh, there are some football scenes in this movie, and the football scenes are not great. So as a sports movie, this is definitely not a sports movie. 
not even the Fight Club aspect of this make it a sports movie, but this is still a genuinely really good movie. And part of what this podcast is about is highlighting some really genuinely very good movies. And so, Bottoms, directed by Emma Seligman, starring the incredibly talented Rachel Sennett and the incredibly, incredibly talented A.O. Adebri. It is a Draft House Recommends film. If there's an Alamo Draft House near you, you can see it there. Or you can probably still see it in theaters whenever you can. And that's going to do it for this episode. So calm down a little bit from when I was talking about BS High because it's such an infuriatingly mad, maddening documentary about a, just a piece of shit of a human being that should never be around, allowed around children. And thank God he doesn't have any children of his own. Or I think he might have a son. I don't, I don't know. Who, who knows? If this guy has a son, pray for his son. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm your host, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at JC DeLeon1. I'm also on Blue Sky at JC DeLeon. I'm also at JC DeLeon on Hive. I don't have a Mastodon account. You can follow the shows at Love Game Film on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Blue Sky, Hive, at Love Game Film. If you've listened to this entire thing or listened to the review of BS High, which I really hope you did, uh, if you're one of my four listeners who seem to always listen to this show, thank you. I love you very much. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we are out. Bye.